Welcome to Mindset Meets Mastery with Arlene Gale. We're talking about the stories we tell ourselves, the mindsets, myths, and misinformation that can hold us back, and then turning our focus to action steps that bring about success mastery in business and life. The goals are to define success on our own terms and to master that success without excuses or apologies. Um, Today we're talking about the mindsets, the internal elements that help or hinder us from achieving success, and we're kind of getting into what does success mean anyway. Um, So we're going to dissect that, this topic a little bit. How, How do we know if we've achieved success? Who gets to define what success looks like or feels like? Um, is success different for me than it is for you or your neighbor or somebody else in your family or, or even for my, de- my guest today? Is success different? Is it defined or does it feel different for each of us? Do you know people who make success look easy <laughs> and when you watch them or you listen to them, you measure yourself by their standard and you think that success is never going to be possible for me, not based on that comparison anyway. So why does mindset about success matter? And how can the mindset of success help or hinder our growth, whether we're talking personal or professionally? So here's what I want you to know about why this topic is important for me today and why my my guest today is so important to me. Here's what I know to be true about success. I grew up being told I would never be successful. So as long as I believed that was true for me, I was never going to be able to achieve success because that's all I knew about success. I defined success as something that was not achievable for me. I also discovered that because I equated success with happiness, and remember, I was told I would never be successful. Therefore, I extrapolated that mindset into meaning that I was never, ever going to possibly be happy either. So we're going to unravel some of these mysteries about the mindset of success today, but let me introduce to you my guest, who is an expert in success, Sean Douglas is a U.S. Air Force veteran. He's a TEDx speaker, a master resilience implementer, and suicide awareness trainer. He's a business positioning strategist and author. Sean Douglas is considered an icon of influence in this new media space. Sean hosts the popular live online radio show, Life Transformation Radio, that's heard on more than 74 in more than 74 countries with thousands of listeners every week. But Sean is the founder of the Success Core. And so Sean leads from a mindset of unlocking your true potential and elevating your life. So with all of those things said about Sean, one would think he's successful, right? Obviously, yeah. I mean, just listen to what I had to say about him. He's successful. But let's bring Sean on and start with the, have you always been successful, Sean? How are you? 
I'm doing amazing. Thank you for that amazing introduction. I want to start out by saying I am not a success story. I tell everybody that. And everybody's, what? What are we talking about? I am That's not what I was a just going to say, what? What are you talking I, about? I battle every day. I battle through clients that want refunds. I, want, I battle through clients who don't do what I tell them to do and then blame me for when their business doesn't go what they planned. I battle through my own. Am I really good enough? Is that really good enough? I'll create a book cover for somebody and they'll completely reject it and say it's absolute trash. But then I give it to 10 different people and they're like, oh my God, I love it. But that one person says, yeah, that, that sucks. I asked my wife what she thinks because I value her opinion. One of one of one, probably. I don't even value my own mother's opinion half the time. But, you know, I, I, I want to value my wife's opinion. And I'll send something to her. I'm like, hey, look this over. Like, tell me how this reads. And she goes, yeah, that's trash. I'm like, oh, really? I thought it was pretty good. I'll give it to 10 more people. And they'll say, oh, my God, that's amazing. And it's like, so who do I value more? Do I value the 10 or do I value the one? Right? Right. I never want to measure success by my own standard less than I value somebody else's. My measure of success is my own standard. And I never press that upon anybody else. I never want to measure my own success less than somebody else looks at my success. So I want whatever, whatever I say I'm going to do, whatever my success is going to be, I want it to be my success and not anybody else's. Does that make sense? That does make sense. But so let me, let me step back just a minute. Cause I want people to get to know you a little bit because what you're saying I think resonates with people who have these internal struggles and maybe mm -hmm. some have hit the bottom and maybe some haven't maybe some are processing what other people told them they could or couldn't be and they're still stuck there so tell us a little bit about what is your why and how how did you master that I was cyber stalking you on your website. Yeah, Sorry. My why, it, <laughs> my why is that I'm a suicide survivor. In 2008, I tried to take my life because I didn't feel like I was a success. I didn't feel like I had any value to give anybody. Mind you, in 2008, I'm running a $650,000 a year company. So from 2004 to 2008, I built my first real business. You know, I shoveled snow as a kid and raked leaves and have my own little signs and, you know, whatever. But a real business serving real clients. And it, it, it was very successful. By the, by the definition, it was very successful. I just didn't feel like it. I felt like something was missing. I felt like it wasn't big enough. And in 2008, I, I had battled through uh, an alcohol abuse problem. And my wife was leaving me, divorce took the kids, the military at the time was going to kick me out of the military. And I was like, this is, this is by definition, not a success. And so I decided it's like, you know what? It's not even worth living anymore. And so in 2008, I put a gun in my mouth and I tried to kill myself. And people would say, yeah, how do you go from that to where you are now? Because that is, you know, in, in transparency, I understand that because I was 10 years old the first time I thought about suicide. Um, my dad was an abusive alcoholic. It was multi-generational. 
Um, and it was very hard and the beatings were getting worse and worse and worse. And mm-hmm. when there's somebody like that, that you respect, who doesn't value you, who doesn't even see you as anything other than a punching bag, um, you know, it's hard yep. to bounce back from that. Now, for me at 10 years old, it was my teachers. So first of all, I want to say God bless every teacher in the in in the country, in the world, because I knew that when I went to school the next day, that those teachers would put a hand on my shoulder, look me in the eye, call me by name, and they saw me, and they made me feel like I mattered. And they're the ones that saved my life, not just at 10 years old, but several times as I was growing up. And, you know, looking back now, I think about it, and I think, you know, they did that for everybody. I wasn't that special, (laughs) but they made me feel special. So that's one of the things that made a difference in my life. Can you point to one thing in your life that made a difference that brought you back around? Well, in that moment, when you think that you're all alone, sometimes your own delusion can blind you from what's actually taking place. So in that moment of of me giving up or wanting to give up, Uh, The people that I thought that were not in my corner, the people I thought were against me were actually the ones that that helped me were actually the ones that saved me. So in my case, it was my supervisors and fellow military brothers. And 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 they they came to me. They found me. They they helped me. They took me to chaplains and uh, mental health appointments and everything that I needed to to tackle in my life i was the same way except mine was a step parent Mm. you know in my book i i talk about a situation where i was in like fourth or fifth grade and uh my mom was was being beaten and uh and i had hit him tried to stop or whatever and he picked me up and threw me across the kitchen table Mm. you know into a wall right you know and and this was this was all the time you know when he was done with my mom he'd come after me when he was done with me he'd go to my sister so I definitely had a lot of, of, of anger as a child. Plus, you know, parents being divorced doesn't make it easy either when the two, right. two families are trying to play sides. Your right. mom sucks. Your dad sucks. You know, like you don't know who to go to, right? So as the only boy, it was, it, you know, I, I felt like, you know, I, I just had to, that protective instinct kind of kicks in. And that was a lot of the reason why I decided to go shovel snow and rake leaves and plant flowers and mow lawns and try to sell paper airplanes and like anything I could do to kind of put some money in the house because he'd take it all and we didn't have any food. It was all for his alcohol. It was all for his drugs. So long, long answer to your question. But for me, and I think a lot of cases is – the delusion of our, of our own turmoil that that is within sometimes blinds us from what is actually taking place and can dilute our own thinking. So, you know, and right now I think that success, you know, it's, it's, it our idea of success changes as we go through the different stages in our lives. What do you think? No, no. Okay, tell me why. Yeah, I, I 100% disagree. Okay, and that's so, okay. So I've been wrong before, maybe question. six times today. No, I'm, no, no, no. I'm not saying you're wrong. No, no, no. I'm not saying you're wrong. Okay. I just say I don't agree. 
Okay, so tell me, <laughs> why not? I just say I don't agree. You're, pro- you're probably right. For you, that's probably right. For me, I, I just don't believe that. So it doesn't make it wrong. What it, what it does is just I, have my, I have my own, you know, again, mindset of thinking about success. So you, th- what I heard you say was that based on our, our trials of life, our different stages of life, whether you're a 20, 30, or 50, or 80-year-old, whether you're a single, newlywed, empty nester, a parent, not a parent, each area of our life has a different sort of success. And it, and it varies from, from stage to stage. That's what I heard you say. Yes. Again, I disagree. Okay, but tell me why. So, so success is subjective. That's why. Okay. Success is very subjective. No matter what stage of life I am in, if I think that if I don't make a million dollars, which is what most people think, for some mm-hmm. reason, making a million dollars a year somewhat all of a sudden makes you successful. I have no idea why. It's just, I don't either. We see it on Facebook. <laughs> we see it on Facebook. I'm a coach who can make you seven figures. Okay, well, how about you be a coach who tells people what to do with that seven figures? Mm-hmm. Maybe you'll be a lot more successful. Yeah, uh, I, I, I'm a coach who teaches you how to go from five to seven figures, from six to eight figures. I teach you how to make a multi-million dollar business. I, what if I don't want to have a multi-million dollar business? What if I don't want one? Yeah. What if I just want to be a happy thousandaire? Am I all of a sudden precluded from being successful? Are so you? Again, oh, I'm a very happy thousandaire. <laughs> I, and, I, happy. and I agree. So that goes back to the definition of success is variable depending on the individual. Correct. But I don't think the stage of life has an influence on success. Like I think that you're meaning it. Okay. My, my stage of life right now is, is like being retired from the military. When I, you know, when I'm retired from the military, I successfully completed 20 years of service. If I get out of the military before my, Thank you. If I get kicked out of the military before my 20 years, then I didn't successfully complete it. Does that make me a failure? Or does that just mean that I made some mistakes and somehow, you know, couldn't complete it? Or maybe I got medically discharged. Maybe it wasn't my fault. Maybe at 18 years, I break my back and I can no longer complete 20 years of service. Or maybe in my fifth year of service, I was wounded in combat and I can no longer complete medically a term of service and I have to be medically discharged with a purple heart and a combat action ribbon. And I'm taking care of for the rest of my life. My, I, I must be a failure because I set out to retire after 20 years of service. I couldn't do that because I was wounded in combat. So maybe right. I can't. Right. So for I every veteran out there, you know, again, every veteran out there has what they think their success is going to be inside of the military. Right. Just because you don't, don't reach that milestone in somebody else's eyes. They may think you're a success, but you may think that you're a failure. Right. So again, su- success is very subjective. And I really don't think that the stage of life that you're in really alters the definition of success in any way. Okay. So for me, success was when I was still in school and still in under my parents' roof, the definition of success was survival surviving and being able to get out Um, and then getting into college and then getting a college degree. So I, I see what you're saying because if I set as a goal, a college degree, and then I couldn't do that for whatever reason that was beyond my control, that wouldn't make me Mm -hmm. a failure. That would just mean that I would have to set another milestone or measure of success. Is that what you're saying? Correct. 
Okay. All right. I think we agree more than we don't. So there. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I think, I think that's true. And oh, by the way, like, I don't know if, if you heard me or if anybody else heard me, but thank you for your service. And I'm an air force brat. So thank you, you especially for picking the air force. I'm just saying. (laughs) Oh yeah. Um, You know, military, you know, you guys, you guys give a lot of your lives and so do spouses and families. So I don't want to forget them either, but I digress. So I like what you said about we can find success, whether someone else thinks it's a failure or it's a misstep. How can, how do you find success in that? Depends on what the intended outcome was. If somebody always basic success on the intended outcome, then I really don't think that you're ever going to be disappointed. And I really believe that. I think that every intended outcome, if you have no expectations, if you're like, look, I'd really love to complete 20 years of service, but if I can't retire, you know, at at a full career and I just get out at 14 because I really don't like it anymore. At that point, you're sacrificing happiness for a goal. So if I'm going to launch a radio show and I wanted to have a million downloads in the first month, is that realistic? You always talk about these. I hate smart goals. I can't stand it when people are like, oh, you got to set smart goals. You got to be specific, measurable, like awesome. Until we get to the R. So we get to the R. Like realistic. I'm like, who's realism? Because my realistic goals and your realistic goals, I guarantee you, are a thousand percent apart. If I say that one point I'm going to walk on the moon and that to me is realistic, then who are you to tell me that I can't do it? If I bust my butt and I do everything that I can possibly imaginable on this planet and it still doesn't happen by the time I die, then I guess by your measure, I wasn't a success. And technically, I guess by my measure, I wasn't a success either. However, Les Brown always talks about if you reach for the moon and you miss, at least you'll hit the stars. Yeah, because... Yeah, exactly. That's because if you if you plan to achieve at this level and you start mm-hmm. here and you only get halfway up to that level, that's still a lot further than you started. So, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I I personally believe that when we treat our children that way with high expectations and then be excited when they move however close to those goals, mm-hmm. I think that's a win-win-win for everybody. But let's let's talk about that. Okay, sure. Let's let's talk about that real quick. What I see a lot of times, and I talk to people, a lot of events that I speak at, and I have people and families and parents and stuff on, on the radio show, is they want everybody wants good for their kids. And for you, you always told, oh, you're never going to mount anything. And I got told that you're going to be a loser your whole life. You're such a loser, like all this stuff. What I think is the problem is that people look at their kids as who they are and not who they could become. Become which is the main issue, which why you always sit there and go, oh, he's never going to mount anything. He's never going to mount anything. If you, and maybe you don't see potential in your child, which is kind of sad. And you can say that about anybody. Don't tell them that. (laughs) Right. You, you can say that about anybody. You said about your friends, your family, anybody. You have so much potential. I see the potential in you. I see good qualities. You can either choose to look at the positive or you can choose to look at the negative, which is a huge mindset of success. You can either see those landmines in success as, as blockers and, and, and stoppages, or you can look at those as potential barriers that you have the opportunity to then overcome. 
I never want to look at my kids and go, yep, you've peaked, man. That's it. <laughs> Nothing else for you. Sorry. That sucks. Yeah. I want to look at my kids as, as the potential. And I told, I told my six-year-old, I said, you have an amazing opportunity to become president of the United States. You could absolutely do that. You could be the first woman president. Or you could just go get a college degree and go work at a nine-to-five and be miserable the rest of your life. Or be happy if you like the nine-to-five. You can do whatever you want. So right now she's in gymnastics. I'm like, you could absolutely make the Olympic team. Or you could just do gymnastics till you reach high school, not do anything past high school for gymnastics, go get a nine-to-five, and just work the rest of your life. You can do whatever you want. But the potential's there. Right. And the potential's always there. But I never want to look at anybody, anybody, my wife, my kids, my friends, you, anybody listening right now. I never want to look at them and go, yep, you peaked, man. I want to look at them as who they could become and not as who they are. Because if we think they've peaked, then we're putting our judgments on them. Um, We're defining success for them. And that's their goal. That's their purpose, not ours. Yep. Yep. So when we talk about success, does success equal happiness? I think that's subjective. Okay. And I'll I'll tell you why, because some people, (laughs) do you know how many people I know think that, oh, I'm going to start a business and it's going to be amazing. I'm going to help so many people and they're super pumped. And it's funny because the level of emotion and the level of energy that is used to start and then maintain wavers after the first two, three, four years, because you don't have a million downloads on your show. You haven't made a million dollars. You haven't done the things that you said you were going to do. And all of a sudden you feel like a failure. And now the energy and that emotion starts to waver. Like maybe I don't want to do this. Wow. This is really tough. I just thought I would create a podcast and build it. They will come. I thought my podcast mm-hmm. would be the field of dreams and it's not, it's not how it works. It's not how anything works. Mm-hmm. So I think that whenever you reach a level of success, you have to at a minimum take a day and live in that moment. Most people go, okay, I want to start a show. I started a show next. No, dude, no, calm it. Like hang out in that revel in the fact. So when I got a TEDx speaker spot, it was a dream come true. I said in five years in 2016, I said in five years, I will be a TEDx speaker in 2017. I said, no, no, no. Three years. I'm going to work so hard in 2017 and I'm going to get the TEDx speaker spot. I really want to be a TEDx speaker. Dream come true in October ish, November, I got the email. Congratulations. You're accepted as a TEDx speaker to TEDx Wilmington. I'm like, Oh my God, this happened. Like this is happening. This is happening. Yes. I made a point to call a bunch of people, let them know, and then just reread the email over and over and over and over again. until I got sick of reading it until I almost memorized it. I wanted to be in that moment. I didn't want to be like, awesome. I got it. Now what can I do? And just Mm -hmm. blow it off. I wanted to sit there. I wanted to read the email. I wanted to be in that moment. And then me and my wife read that email together. And I said, this is happening. Like, I want to be in the moment. And I think that when you reach a level of success and you don't get the 
get to be in that moment and you go to revel in that moment, I think you shortchange yourself. Absolutely. And and that's what leads to unhappiness. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, there, again, this is what I know to be true of me because of my background, that I would set a goal and then I would achieve that goal and I would feel successful and then something would happen and I'd go, well, if I can do that, anybody can. And that would bring me down. <laughs> and I'd set another goal and I'd achieve it. So I'm constantly, you know, beating my head up against the wall and sabotaging my own success and short, short selling myself in my success instead of relishing the moment. Because the truth of the matter is, matter is sure, anybody might have been able to do that. So what? They didn't. I did. <laughs> And that took a lot of years for me to learn is sure. People would ask me, you know, I, when I was pregnant, you know, you're not the first woman to get pregnant. This is not the first baby ever born. It's like, you're right. It's not, but it's my first baby. So back off, (laughs) you know? So yeah, just be in the moment and relish that moment and that success based on where you are right then in that moment of time. And don't, I think comparison to other people is uh, horrible and that kills success. Oh, that's bad. So, because I know there are people that are much better at this, that, and the other thing than I am. That's okay. I don't care. I enjoy doing this. I enjoy doing that. And sometimes the joy of doing something is the success. Right. Oh, uh, the journey is the success. The fact that you're even trying constitutes a level of success because people go, yeah, I don't think that's for me. I don't, I don't want to do that. I, I go into every call, you know, they do these discovery calls and we do these connection, these meetings, you know, whatever I go into everyone. Like this is going to be the big one. You know, I can't pass this opportunity up. And so I have a mentality of saying yes and figuring it out. You either say yes and figure it out or you say no. And you miss your opportunity. Wayne Gretzky said it. You miss a hundred percent of the shots that you don't take. Right. So take the shot, call your shot. Every call I go into, it's automatically a yes for me. It's automatically a yes. Anybody who's like, hey, man, I want to have a phone call with you. Cool, man. Yep, I'm in. Let's do it. Whatever you got planned, man, let's do it. And then I listen to them and I hear the proposal. And then you get the right to say no. Figure it out. So figuring it out means, is this in line with my core values? Is this in line with what I have my version of success look like? Someone says, man, I really want to coach you. I'm like, What does that look like? I always entertain every single opportunity, every single option. And then internally, I look at it and I go, yeah, man, I'm not feeling that. No, I don't think that's for me, but I appreciate your time. Or sometimes, you know, like, that sounds amazing. That sounds really good. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. So you're saying that when you're successful or maybe it is you, well, let me put it is a success strategy to know when to say no. Yes, absolutely. But that absolutely. hurts. That hurts some people's little feelers. I'm not out for other people's feelings. I'm here to be successful. <laughs> Thank you very much. And you can <laughs> say no in a way that's not I'm, humiliating. I'm sorry right? if that if that hurts people. Yeah. Oh, 100. I I respect. I'm 100 respectful. I'm like, look, I just don't feel like like I have the bandwidth right now. I don't feel like that's going to further the, the, the journey that I'm on. I, I feel like I would be furthering your journey. I mean, a rising tide lifts all ships, but 
if I'm raising everybody else's ships and mine's still in the dock, <laughs> I'm not even in the water yet. You know, yeah. there's an issue. So yeah. yes, a level of success could be, you know, that's not for me right now, but let's explore that later. I'm really on the path to what I really want to create. And most people are not, most people are not on the path to what they want to create. They're still figuring it out, which is okay. But you can't figure it out for 20 years. You got to figure it out soon. <laughs> right? I mean, you can't spend your whole life trying to figure something out, stick on one thing, make, make that one thing happen. And then if that doesn't work out and you're not happy, then reassess, re-engage. Well, the and fact I, that you even tried makes you makes you a, the preliminary of success. Right, it's the beginning. And and I get so many clients that say, "Oh, but what if I put that on the website and nobody likes it?" It's like, you know, it's not perfect yet. I can't do it. It's not right yet. It's like perfection kills progress. Do something. What when you're working with clients? and somebody were to come to you with that kind of attitude, how would you help them reframe that so that they could achieve some success? Yeah. I think what you hit on is very, very key. I said earlier, I'm not here for people's feelings. You know, I'm, I'm not here to, you know, to justify like, well, I, I hope you feel like I was a success. Like, I, I don't, I just don't care what other people think. At the same time, you mentioned a client. Now the rules are reversed. I have to care what my client feels. I have to care what my client's success is because that's why they hired me. I'm in their corner. I have to serve them. So serving somebody automatically constitutes you caring about their feelings and what they want. If you put on your website a value proposition, a positioning statement, something that you absolutely love, and you know for a fact it communicates your message to the world. And somebody goes, man, that really sucks. Like, I didn't communicate with that at all. That doesn't mean that your message sucks. It means that they're not your client. That means that they're not your person that you're searching for. That's what that means. It has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with the person who read it, internalized it, and said, meh, not for me. It's like the show. If I said, you know, if you emailed me and he said, oh, yeah, we got to talk about mastery. We got to talk about success. And I was like, I don't really resonate with that, man. Sorry. Sorry. I'm not going to do the show. Right. Again, I would say yes anyways, because you're awesome. But oh. some people will look at an opportunity. They'll look at a show. They'll look at something and go, yeah, I don't think so. For example, if somebody goes, hey, man, we want to have you on the show talking about political stuff and whatever. I'm like, yeah, no, not going to happen. No. I don't talk about political stuff. Yeah. Hey, man, we want to have you in the show talking about, uh, you know, one of the many divisive topics that are in 2020. I'm like, mm, yeah, I don't think so. I'm just I don't want to I don't want to sow divisiveness and I don't want to go down that road of, of, of negativity and hate and appealing to somebody else's base. And I just I don't want to play that game. So that that is me. I've already figured it out. You know, I've already figured it out. So I don't really care what people think about my website. It's not the greatest but my message is there and people resonate with the message that's there. And all I have to do is find that one person, that one person that resonates with what I'm doing, who wants to be a part of what I'm doing and I can serve them the best because I'm not out here to serve 7.5 billion people. I'm out here to serve one, one at right. a time. 
right? I do, I do Google searches with clients about where is their target market and what is their target market looking for. So, well, I don't want to do that because there's only 1.2 billion or million people. And if I use this keyword, there's 1.2 billion. It's like, come on, really? <laughs> there's 24 hours in the day, seven days in the week. How many of the 1.2 million can you really serve? And, you know, right. when you kind of put it that way, it's like pick the people you know you can do the best job for and focus on them. So they get carried away 100%. with trying to be all things to all people. And Build your 1,000 true fans. That's it. That's it, yeah. And so I, I also tell people that, you know, when somebody says they don't get you or they don't understand what you're doing, I say, you know, you, you look them in the eye and you smile and you kind of relax those clenched fists and you say – Thank you. <laughs> because what they did, they just did you a favor. They just told you they were not your target market. So move on. So right. and that, you know, getting the confidence to say things like that is success mastery, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So yep. what do you find are some of the common denominators or big common denominators when you work with people and you're trying to help direct them to whatever their definition of success is? Them. Them? Well, how rude. Them. What do you mean it's me getting in my own way? We. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to get it out of your own way. We are our, our own barrier of success. So when you sit down and write a success plan, you always want to write down what it is that you want to accomplish and the possible barriers to entry. And you always want to write down the possible ways that you could fail. Most people, 90% of people will write down economy, money, the clients, software, website, marketing, you know, knowledge, but they won't write down me. They won't write that down. They won't write down that I am a barrier of success because you are, you are always going to be a barrier of success. Every level that you achieve is another barrier of success. You didn't think you could make five figures in a day? You didn't think you could make $10,000 in one day? I bet you could make $50,000. Oh, my God. You know how hard it was to make $10,000 in a day? Oh, my gosh. There's no, there's no way. There's no way. Why? You already did 10. Just do it five more times. Whatever you did, just do it five more times. Just, just do it five more times. And then you make $50,000. Oh, but that's, I mean, that's a lot of money. Sure. Sure, it's a lot of money. So it's 100 grand. So it's a million dollars. That's a lot of money, too. In the big scheme of things, we're always going to hold ourselves back from success because of because of fear ah, you and because of judgment, fear and judgment, fear where and judgment. Do those, where do those things where do those things come from? Because they don't have a support system backing them up. If you had 1000 people behind you as a cheerleading squad, piping in all kinds of positivity every single day of your life, there's nothing you can't do. But all of us don't have that. All of us cannot be Tony Robbins. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's sometimes it's me and my wife sitting having a conversation. I don't know, babe. This is a big undertaking. This is gonna be, it's gonna be big. This is this is gonna be a big one. And if this fails, whew, I mean, there's a lot riding on this, you know. And she'll go, "You got this." I'm like, "I know I do. I'm just communicating my internal fears to you." Right. Just let me speak. Yeah, she, she's <laughs> right? your safe space. Like, yeah. Right. She. I mean, she absolutely is. And my wife will be the first one to tell me, like, "That's stupid." Like, why would you ever do that? <laughs> and my wife's level of success is very different than mine. Mine's the moon 
and hers is somewhere between the earth and the moon. <laughs> like, like she, she sometimes plays it safe, but then she's the first one to go, no, that's not big enough. No, you can do better. Like she's the first one. So I think that they don't have, they don't have their 1000 true fans. They that's the first step. Build your following, build your 1000 true fans. Not somebody who's going to tell you, don't build a hundred. Yes, men. Right. Don't, right. don't build a cult. But build a following of your 1,000 true fans that love you, support you, and want to see you succeed. That's the first step. And people don't have that. Well, and, and you know, I, I'm laughing about your wife because my husband's just the opposite. My husband goes, oh, he loves everything. Oh, that's fabulous. Oh, you look great. Oh, that's whatever. Oh, I, yeah. And then I put it out there and other people come to me and go, Arlene, what the were you thinking? <laughs> but my yeah. husband's, you know, so I tell people, yeah. don't go to people who love you because it is one extreme or the other. They're either going to shut you down to try and protect yeah. you from outside external sources or they're going to love you because they love you and then those external sources are going to come by and go oh my god what were you thinking right. so yeah, don't go to the negative friend either don't, no don't go to the negative friend right? now there's always one person goes oh my gosh if you do this what what would your mother think oh my gosh what i mean that person i mean what what would they think if you failed like what happens if you fail oh my god no money and then you got no job and oh my god it's gonna be like it's, it's gonna be bad it's gonna be bad it, all bad don't go to that person, but then don't go to the yes man either. So you always want to consult somebody who you know for a fact is going to say, mm, it's kind of dumb, but you know what? Hold my beer. Let's do this. <laughs> that's that. That's the Y chromosome in you talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm the in a family analogy I can come up with. I know. No, but you know what's funny or scary? I'm not sure which is I heard my husband's voice. Here, dear, hold my beer and watch this. <laughs> it's like, oh God. Yep. <laughs> That's yep. when the praying kicks in. But right, um, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you, you have to have people that you know and trust, that you feel safe with, and that will be honest with you, but not mean. You know, those accountability right. people are so valuable. Mm -hmm. Um so let me ask you a question. Is the mindset of success, can it in any way, shape, or form in your mind be equated with mental health? 100%. Okay. So explain that because I, I agree. I think it is 100% a mental health issue, but what what makes 100%. you answer that way? Well, I think of mental health as the health of your mind and body. And soul and all in between a person's level of resilience is going to be based on a lot of factors and resilience plays a huge part in, in mastery, in success, in mindset. If you were handed everything your entire life and you never had to go through anything horrible, you would think that I have no accountability. Everything was handed to me, and if I fail, then it's somebody else's fault because, I mean, I've been in success my whole life. Like, it's somebody else's fault. There's no way I could have done this. Right. But when you claw and scratch and grind and get your way to the top, you have a level of confidence, a level of resilience that most people won't have who haven't experienced the same things as you. So absolutely – 
mental health plays a huge part. Some people want to build million dollar businesses, but they can't manage a hundred dollar checkbook. Right. And that goes into mental health. They weren't brought up that way. They think, you know, so if you go into money management, there's hoarders, savers, and spenders. Mm. Hoarders hoard money because they were probably poor their whole life. I'm just assuming. Savers save money because that's what they were told to do. They'll spend it, but they'll save it. Hoarders will never spend it. They'll, they'll, just, they'll just hoard it all and, and, and work to get more. Spenders think that money grows on trees because maybe they were rich. Or maybe they believe that I have to spend money to make money. I got to spend money to make money. I got to spend money to make So they just burn through cash thinking that that's the way to be successful. I got the money. I got to spend it. It's going to burn a hole in your pocket. I got to spend it. Oh my gosh, I got to spend it. Because maybe, again, that they were poor, didn't have anything. And once they got money, they want the fancy cars because for some reason, the socialites have these fancy cars and watches and women and everything else. So money habits, I feel like, play a huge role in your level of success. Mm -hmm. How you do anything is how you'll do everything. Mm. So if you manage money... The same way that you manage your life or if you manage people or you manage whatever, I think it's a good indication. But resilience is your ability to withstand, recover, and grow through every trial, tribulation, stress, anxiety, life development, everything. It is your ability to withstand, recover, and grow. If you have no resilience because you were given everything, your level of success may not be as high as somebody who goes, you know what? I just failed. Let me bounce back from that. I got this. Let me, let me bounce forward. And that's just my opinion, but it's also what I've seen a lot in my resilience training, my suicide awareness training and traveling the world for 20 years. Right. And are you seeing more of the need for resilience based on, you know, where our society is right now with the isolation? Oh, 100%. And- Oh, 100%. Oh, it's, it's, it's through the roof. There's, there's 12-year-old kids killing themselves because somebody said something bad to them on the internet. And they're on the- I mean, at what, at, what point in your, at, at what point in your life has bullying resulted in suicide? Not when I was a kid. You punch them in the throat. Yeah. Where yeah. I grew up in Detroit, Michigan, if, if somebody talks, talks about you behind their back, you confront them. If someone talks bad about you to your face, you punch them in the throat. Today, they're like, just go tell a teacher. Just sticks and stones may break my bones. No, I'm going to break your bone. Like that was like, you stood up for yourself. Yeah. You didn't let people trample all over you. Today, it's all about people's feelings and how, well, that person said a bad word. How does it make you feel? <gasps> anger? Here's some medication for yeah. your anger and your bipolar disorder. Like, like what, like, what are we talking about here? So the level of resilience has got to be a foundation for our kids. And I don't, I mean, people like you're so mean to your kids. Am I though? Am I? I remember skinning my knee out my bike and my parents were like, rub some dirt on it. Be fine. Rub some dirt on it. Just, just wiggle it around. You're up. Can you wiggle it? Now you're fine. I didn't understand that. I'm like, but I hurt. I look at my kids and, you know, you look, you're like, is the bone broken? Is it twisted? Like, my daughter flipped over her handlebars, broke her collarbone. Ouch. Immediate crying, immediate pain. You know, the bike landed on her face. Luckily, she had a helmet. Luckily, she had glasses on because it hit her glasses and broke. It didn't go into her eye or, in, you know, into her face. 
immediately I'm like, are you okay? Like what's going on? Like I'm assessing. I'm not freaking out. I'm assessing. I'm like, are you okay? And I look and the bone is physically broken. I'm like, okay. So we need to go to the hospital because you broke your collarbone. It's broken, but it's fine. It'll heal. It's fine. Let's go. But it was tough. My wife's in tears. I'm half in tears. I'm like, I don't know. But I'm telling her, like, it's going to grow back. Listen to the doctor. It's going to grow back. It's fine. And she's freaking out. I'm like, okay, this is her coping mechanism. This, But I'm, like, fighting back tears, too, because my daughter is physically in pain. Right. But the doctor also said, oh, yeah, kids break their bone all the time. This is the number one bone that all the kids, all the kids will broke their, broke their clavicle. They always do. But, but it's the only one that doesn't need surgery, and, you know, uh, most of the time. And, and it'll heal fine. It's fine. So I said, okay, listen, listen. She said, it's going to heal back fine. You're going to go back for some x-rays. You're going to go back for some for some follow-ups. It's going to be fine. And so now, years later, it's fine. She's fine. Yes, it broke, but it's healed. It's fine. But she doesn't sit there and go, I broke a bone. I can't do anything in life. I broke a bone. I'm yeah. done. I, I can't do it. Like, But some parents are like, it's okay that you failed. It's okay. Just don't do that anymore. Just don't, just don't. What? 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 I know. What did you no. learn from that? What are you going to do different Fail. next time? I know I'm a mean mom. I tell too, my so. kids, I, oh my God. I tell my kids, I'm like, they're like, I failed my test. I'm like, yes, yes. Awesome. Yes. It's like, what? Maybe my wife's like, Did you stop it. I'm like, no. Yes. I'm so happy you failed. Yes. Why? What did you learn? Why well, didn't study? What are you going to do next time? I'm going to study. And what do you think going to happen? I'll probably pass. You learn something. If you yeah. never try anything hard and you never fail, then number one, you'll never know what you're good at. Number two, you'll never be successful. I don't care what, what measure of success you have. If you stop at failure, I promise you 100% of the time, you will never be successful. And I don't, I don't care if your measure of success is you woke up this morning. Right. You'll never be successful. Absolutely. Yeah. My, I remember my freshman son coming home. He worked a summer for an engineering firm because I told him, you know, if that's what you want to do, go out and get some experience. So he found a job. I was very proud of him. But after about a month, he came back and he says, I hate this job. I never want to do this job. I'll never work for this kind of engineering again. And I listened to him for, you know, 30, 40 seconds. And then I said, son, that's great. And he looked at me like I had just sprouted a second or third head. And I said, no, I know so many people who've been in the same dead end job for 20, 30, mm-hmm. 40 years because they knew they didn't like it, but they felt stuck. So check that off your list and move on. What is the next kind of job you want to have? So I'm the same way. I'm a mean mom. It's like, you know, and my kids will tell me now, you're a mean mom. It's like, yeah, I know. And you love me for it. So deal with it because <laughs> that's oh how gosh. they become resilient. <laughs> I agree 100%. Too many kids are pampered are- and baby this these days. Mm-hmm. Yep. Can you imagine the level of success that people who don't feel like they're successful or people who feel like they're missing out? I mean, just list list off the the you know the terms. You know, they're stuck, they don't feel like they're a success. Somebody told them they make a million dollars, they have to have Facebook and all these places with five thousand followers and this, that. I mean, just run through the gamut of things. Yeah, you only Can have you three thousand, you need five thousand. Right. Can you imagine the level of success that people would be able to reach if they started with where they don't want to be, who they don't want to become, what they don't want to do? If they just started with that, 
it would alleviate a lot of the mess that happens along the journey. Start with who you do not want to be. Start with where you do not want to be. Somebody who's getting out of the military, listening to this, you know, oh my gosh, what am I going to do after the military? Where don't you want to go? Well, I definitely want to go anywhere cold. Awesome. That eliminates the upper 30 states. <laughs> like, right? Yep. I'm not going to live there. You know, start I don't want to be hot. Awesome. You're probably not going to go to Texas. <laughs> Amen. Like, Especially right? in the summer. Right? Yep. right? I was there in Texas for four years. It sucks. So <laughs> start with who you do not want to be. Start with who, you know, where you don't want to be and start with what you don't want to do. I know I don't want to be a garbage man or a sanitation engineer. I know what I don't want to do. I know I don't want to get a job. I want to run businesses. I want to, I want to be the employer, not the employee. Right. Start with some of what you don't want to do and then just work yourself up. Absolutely. Well, we're, we got about five minutes left, so I want to quickly ask you about your book, The Power to Overcome Self-Defeating mm-hmm. Behaviors. Tell us what, you know, because I'm a book writing business coach, so I help people write books to build their business. Mm-hmm. So what made you write this book? What inspired you to write this book? I felt like I had a lot to say. I felt like it was time, you know, it, Yes, I saw the ads like you're not going to be successful unless you write a book. Like, yeah, I saw that stuff. Like, you have to be, you know, authority starts with the author. Like, uh, cool, clever, got it. Yeah. Most people don't even have a book and they're completely successful. Yeah. Most people don't have a book, right? I just felt like it was a time in my life where I had to get this book out. It's just, <laughs> I, I felt it was time to tell my story. And I finally felt like I was comfortable enough in my own skin that I don't care about other people's judgment and feelings and everything else. I'm going to write this book. It's going to be amazing. And people are going to love it. Absolutely. So did you have your business and then write the book or did you write the book and then built a business around it? Nope. I had my business and then wrote a book. So was being brand loyal in telling your story and writing your book, a consideration for you? No. Okay. So did writing the book help you to grow your business? Oh, hundred percent. So no regrets in writing your story. Of course not. Yay. That's what I like to hear. So (laughs) before we get to the hot seat questions, (laughs) well, I mean, I do, because I think that when somebody feels like they have a story to tell, they shouldn't let time, money, or skill get in their way of telling it. They should tell it, and they should find someone who can help get it out of them if that's what they need Um, to be successful. There's no shame in asking for help. That's part of what I believe in success do you agree or disagree yep yep (laughs) you're such a good guy so before we go to the hot seat that i'm going to put you on my favorite part of the show tell people where they can find you and connect with you hire you as a speaker do some coaching with you absolutely so you can go to the success course c-o-r-p-s the success core.com you can also check out my affirmation and empowerment clothing line at L-Y-B, as in Bravo, L-Y-B-ClothingInc.com. It's an affirmation empowerment clothing line for people who want to live just amazing lives and show people that they are living an amazing life. And I'm all over LinkedIn, Instagram, 
uh, Facebook. I mean, I, I, I don't do Twitter or, or Snapchat or anything like that. But, uh, yeah, I'm all over the social media platforms. And you can listen to my show, Life Transformation Radio. It's, uh, it's available everywhere podcasts are available. Just search for Life Transformation Radio. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button and become awesome. one of the listeners. Awesome. And I, and I got to tell you guys, um, from the moment I met Sean, he is authentic. He, he is a good guy. He is what I believe to be the measure of a real man. I'm just saying. We are recording so, this, right? We are recording, I, we are this, recording this. Yeah. So if you want to play this for your kids or your wife or whatever, My I wife, said it unsolicited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he is a good man. I, I apologize if that made him blush, but he is a good man. <laughs> but um, so I want to put you on the hot seat right. real quick. So remember, we've got like two minutes left. What do you think was the biggest Perfect. mindset that kept that if you had listened to that and and followed that mindset would have hindered you to it and kept you from achieving the success that you have now. Listening to other people's version of success and how my life would be his version of success. Cool. So don't listen to other people. So what is the success mastery that you have had with a mindset that you focus on? You got to have a mindset of abundance. Seven and a half billion people in this world. Like, so, I mean, there's, there's, I mean, even in a recession, you ever seen those things that are like recession proof your business, COVID 19 proof your business? Number one, that should be day one. Like, let, let's get that straight. That should be day one of a business plan. However, comma, I will say that you have to have your own version of success, whatever that is for you. Have your own version. If you achieve that goal, then you are a success. Awesome. So abundance. Abundance. So can you leave our listeners with one golden nugget of one golden action step that they can do to master success in their minds? You have the power to say, this is not how my story ends. Whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're going through, everybody goes through their own stuff everybody is dealing with something, even though they look perfect. They might be a millionaire business owner, but they might go home and beat their wife. So, or they might have a successful business, but have an affair, or they might be doing drugs or they might be, I don't know, breaking who cares. You have the power to say, this is not how my story ends. You have the ability to turn the page and write a new chapter. So today is the day that you sit down and you start writing your success story with Arlene Gale. <laughs> and it doesn't matter where you are right now. Success is within your grasp if you only focus on that. And if you need yep. help with that, Sean Douglas is here for you. Arlene Gale, I am here for you, which is really interesting because we didn't really, I didn't, we didn't, plan this golden nugget but i'm going to start by thanking you sean for your time today because i know you're you're juggling lots of things and you're very very busy so it really means a lot that you would take time to share with me and my listeners so thank you oh you're amazing i i can't say no to you you're amazing oh that is on the recording too so (laughs) So, (laughs) i'll play that for my teenage kids so i'm going to leave you with this listeners until next time Be mindful of the stories that you tell yourself about what is or is not possible for you. Don't let anyone else dictate your story. 
Only you have the power to choose to master your success. And if you're ready to start writing that book, you can reach me at bookwritingbusiness.com. Thank you for joining Mindset Meets Mastery with Arlene Gale, the expert in helping people write business building books. Join us every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time on BBS Radio when we'll talk more about how mindsets help or hinder success mastery. Please visit bookwritingbusiness.com to get more information on writing your professional or personal story. Music.